Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading of Scripture this day is uh, one you can find in your bulletins if you would like to follow along, or of course you're always uh, welcome to uh, flip in your pew Bible if you would like to follow along as well. That's fine. Uh, Or if you're watching at home, if you have a Bible of your own that you prefer, that's, again, that's fine as well. But I would invite us to hear our reading this morning as it comes to us from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. So let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. At that very time, there were some present who told him, Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, For three years I had come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? The gardener replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. For some reason, when I hear this passage from Jesus, I I imagine a, well, I I jump to a preschool teacher, but it could be really any teacher, and I'm sure teachers out there or those with young kids uh, can understand this, but when something, or when one of them does something wrong, uh, you have all the other ones come running around, and they're like, ooh, what did you do? you're in trouble. And the teacher or the parent, you know, what did they usually say? They tell them to, uh, you know, mind your own business. (laughs) I imagine Jesus like that this morning, telling the people who had gathered around him to mind their own business as they asked him about the Galileans Pilate killed and whether or not they deserved their suffering. After Jesus hears their queries, Jesus does essentially tell them to mind their own business. But as it is, we find that Jesus is also trying to convey another message. 
And Jesus does so in a way only Jesus can do, which is not by giving a straight answer, but by giving a parable, of course. One that we're meant to figure out. A parable which asks, what kinds of fruit, if any, are we producing? Instead of poking our nose into places where it does not belong and seeing if others are bearing fruit, Jesus challenges those who gathered around him, challenges us if we are actually producing any fruit or if there is any fruit missing from our branches. Historically, we aren't told many details about the the event that happened with Pilate and the Galileans. Even historic, you know, speaking of historical records and even in the other Gospels, it doesn't really tell us much of what happened, only that this event occurred. It'd be fair to say, though, that it wasn't a pleasant happening of events, one that was violent. It's also quite possible that Jesus even knew some of the people who this happened to. Sure, Galilee was a region, it was a place that had quite a good population, but still these were people from Jesus's home territory. It's quite possible Jesus knew some of those people who perish. We find that in the reading for today, another emphasis on Pontius Pilate as someone who ruled with fear, someone who created an atmosphere of terror, while we don't know, again, all the specific details about what happened, we do know that people were afraid. People were concerned. People wanted to know what was going on, and they were concerned enough that they came to Jesus to ask what he thought of these events. What's odd, though, is that even though they are worried and even though they're concerned, They're not so much concerned about themselves as they are about those other people. Did they do something wrong, Jesus? Is that why that happened to them? What could they have possibly done to be deserving of such a fate? Though we would phrase it differently, I think we find ourselves asking questions like that today. But before those people who gathered around Jesus, and before even us, before we can ask that question of Jesus, Jesus stops us. Jesus stops there in our line of questioning because it is not helpful at all. It doesn't help anyone. But do those questions sound familiar? That qu- those questions of what, what could have caused this? I think it should sound similar because I think it's still a part of our own understanding, our own process of understanding why things happen in the world the way they do. For example, I think people find themselves asking, even in today's world, for example, the events of what's happening in Ukraine. Some people really do ask, did they deserve what's happening there? Same thing for people who had died or people who passed due to COVID. Did they deserve their experiences? 
I would hope you would say, certainly not as Jesus did. Certainly not. And Jesus would echo that sentiment. Certainly not. No one is ever deserving of circumstances. It's hard, though, for us as we try and wrap our heads around what is going on in our world to try and understand how we fit within this much larger puzzle. Because we find that even as we profess our faith or we strive to follow a sovereign God, our spirits that are free to make decisions as well seem to clash with this idea of a sovereign God who oversees the cosmos. But it's a balancing act in which we profess our faith in a God who oversees the universe while allowing our spirits to still be free enough to choose pathways of harm or pathways of healing and love. We live in a land in between of present and future hope. A land where we wrestle with the joys and the struggles of life. And it is in the lands between which we find that our words and actions are measured against the unknown factors of life. The unexpected, the irrational, and even the forces of evil that come and impact us. As we live in this space, we should remind ourselves that such suffering, such loss of innocence, are not due to divine retribution, but occur out of circumstances that we ourselves can work to change, change for the better. That for every force of evil that tries to destroy or tear down or to overthrow, there are forces of light, forces of healing, forces of reconciliation, justice, and compassion that we can hold on to and bear fruits that allow us to take action. The choice to return and find healing, or the choice, as Jesus would say, to repent and find healing in the light and love of God, stems from this idea of what it means to repent. To, as the Greeks would say, metanoo, to turn. Just to get a little nerdy in terms of the language, I don't like to do this always. I find fun in it sometimes, though. But this Greek word to repent actually stems from the Hebrew word shuv, which can also mean to go back, to return, or to even go home. Jesus calls us to repent, to turn around, to return, or to even go back home from our current course if it is leading us not to the place of life and love. In the context of today's reading, Jesus uses this word in the context of instead of focusing on something that cannot be explained or assigning artificial meaning to a catastrophe by assigning blame to people, 
Jesus invites those around him to instead focus, to repent, to turn inward on what is going on in their own lives. To take a moment and reflect on what is happening in their own heart. To not be so concerned by sticking their nose in the business of those who Pontius Pilate had executed, but to instead look inward. Are you bearing good fruit? Are you bearing good fruit that spreads seeds of love, of hope, of justice, and healing? Bearing fruit is important, not only because it is a reflection of our own hearts and our own souls and what it is they are doing, but because we know that trees that bear fruit spread seeds and those seeds continue to spread. What I like about our reading for this morning is that it paints Jesus as this advocate gardener who speaks up for us, who allows us and empowers us to continue making a choice to bear good fruit. Because how many times do we find ourselves in situations where we find ourselves like fig trees planted in bad soil and people have expectations of us? People have expectations of us and because we were already dealt a bad hand, Jesus is like that advocate gardener though who stands in and says, hey, give it one more year. Give it one more year, and you know what? I'm going to help the tree along by planting some fertilizer around it to help it grow. In our world where we find ourselves as well as fig trees planted in bad soil and expected to do good even though there's no help, Jesus is that advocate gardener who comes in and says, wait, give it a little bit more time. The Korean-American theologian Grace Ji Soon Kim once wrote that as children of God, we are born with a purpose in creation to carry out our purpose, which involves living life similar to that of Jesus Christ. Each of us possesses a purpose to bring about healing, love, compassion, mercy, the justice of God to a world of people, including us, who are in need of these very things. And we know, deep down inside, where these places are. What places need tending to because of our own ignorance or our inability to see injustice and inequity, the places in our hearts that we have not opened up to empathy and love. The places where we deny that we have any role to play in correcting the status quo. In many ways, Christ is the gardener this morning who encourages us, who spurs us on by giving us a chance to look within ourselves to produce the fruit of life that aligns itself with the heart of God. This Lenten season, may we continue to ask how we are fulfilling our purpose as people created in the image of God as people who are called to bear good fruit. Amen. Thanks again for listening. 
and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.